You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, October 8th. My name is, as always, Javier Reyes, your host of this here Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres. Or you could check out my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so, oh, so inclined, please hit me up on either of those two accounts, and I'll do my best to respond or interact. You can tweet at me. You can hit me with the DMs. Both DMs are open. You can also check out the Gmail, which is LockdownPadres at gmail.com with any more in-depth, specific questions you might have. Haven't put out a call for a mailbag lately, but I'll be sure to be doing that soon. Today's episode, guys, is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And today's episode, guys, you know, we're going to be talking about last night's just wild game against the Dodgers. And then, you know, just recap and giving some of my thoughts. I feel like, you know, maybe my thoughts aren't going to be as unique as everybody else's, but hey, that's what the job is. So I'm going to be doing that. And then for the second part of the show, I'm going to be t- giving my take, a Manny Machado take, on why I think he needs to be criticized for something last night. And then also talking about a little tweet, a little tweet from a certain free agent pitcher. That is heading into the offseason, going to be a free agent. So we're going to be talking about that. But let's get right into the game recap. Look, guys, you know, I'm in a good mood today. You know, and, and, and that's rare, some would say, uh, that I'm ever in a good mood, especially after a loss. But I am because, look, people are going to call me a tra- traitor in the, in the stormtrooper voice, whatever, right? I thought, admittedly, objectively, last night was one hell of a ball game. It didn't end the way we wanted it to. We ended up losing 6-5, to five, obviously. You know, big hits came up at certain points, and other guys didn't really step up as much. Um, you know, it had a little bit of everything. Will Myers got a double to start things off. It's a, it's a shame, an RBI double, I should say, to start things off. It's a shame because in both games so far, the Padres have been the ones to strike first and just not really managed to keep that lead. Um, even still after that, you know, they give up the, the single to Mac, Max Muncy, which was as big of a sign as any that Zach Davies wasn't particularly on yesterday. He was not terrible, though. And if you guys remember from yesterday's podcast, I really just talked about how you got to give us some innings. We can't have another one of these two-inning, you know, blow-ups, and then we have to go to our bullpen for the whole game. So in that respect, he did succeed, but overall, it wasn't a great game for Davies. He went five innings, giving up four runs on nine hits. No walks, which was nice, but through and only three strikeouts. So Davies was not very good last night, but like I said, just in comparison to the rest of, you know, our starting pitching performances throughout this entire series, you know, with Paddock and Davies the first time uh, back at the Cardinals series, it was almost like it was just such a step up. On the other side of the farm, other side of the farm, is that even a phrase? I don't even know if that's the side. On the other end of the bend, whatever you want to call it, uh, Clayton Kershaw. He ended up going six innings, giving up three runs on six hits with six strikeouts, no walks. I think that's a little bit misleading. The 4.50 ERA is what he ends with for the game. I thought he was excellent, actually. I thought that he looked great. That curve was just vicious, and I thought he looked really great. He did, why the line doesn't look great, is because he was cruising throughout most of the game until the homers by both Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer. You know, and I I loved the swagger from Machado. I loved that he took the bat and 
flung it into the dugout practically, right? And he was just trying to get the team pumped up. Similar to how Jace Tingler tried to get the team pumped up, at least I think, in game one. And then Hosmer hits that home run, and all of a sudden we're only down by one run. It was really exciting stuff. Like, I mean, this is a... The Padres team, man, they love hitting home runs, let me tell you. They don't always necessarily just get you that single that you need, but the home run power of this team makes it so you rev- never really feel like you're out, even against a pitcher like Clayton Kershaw. But really, it's like I said, everyone kind of had a hit. Even Trent Grisham in the bottom, of, which we'll get to in a second, ended up getting like his second hit of the postseason. The biggest thing that happened last night was the Cody. It was the Cody Bellinger moment. You know what I mean? He makes a catch, top of the seventh, with men on first and second. It would have given us the lead. Tatis smashes one to center field. If you haven't seen the play sometime, uh, somehow, sometime, I don't know what's wrong with you. It was amazing. And you know what? I just like... And we're going to get into some of the events uh, that happened, that transpired following this insane catch, but I really just felt like that was just an unbelievable catch, and you can't really hate on it. You know what I mean? Was it unfortunate that, you know, that's probably... Cody Bellinger's most defining moment of his season, as everybody's probably aware of. He really had a down season this year. You know, if you look at it, like, this is a guy who won the NL MVP last year, batting 306, 406, 629 with 47 homers, just absolute video game numbers. And this year, only batted 239 with a 330 on base, 7, or I'm sorry, 455 um, slugging. It was, and only, and 12 home runs, which is a little bit, you know, different just because obviously he's going to have less home runs. It's a, a shorter season, but really not a defining season for him. And he did manage to make it up. You know, he, he just wasn't very good this year. And for him to have his moment, him to have this catch against the Padres, and I, I made some dumb tweets about how this must be like what watching that before trilogy from Richard Linklater, the Ethan Hawke movies, those robots movies that are apparently super kind of sad in a lot of ways, even though they have a lot of happiness in them. I feel like that's what it felt like. It felt like what the Warriors fans probably felt like after LeBron blocked that shot from Iguodala. Absolutely heartbreaking uh, for Tatis to just once again, and, and and it shouldn't be lost that once again Tatis, when the moment was there, he rose to the occasion. He put a lot of it on the ball. It's just Cody Bellinger got a good jump on it and made what could be argued is the catch of the year. Maybe not necessarily the most impressive, you know, in a vacuum catch of the year. There might be some others that I'm forgetting about, but in terms of just in the moment and the fact that it's the NLDS, just definitely the catch of the year by Cody Bellinger. And I'm not really mad about it. What can I say? I mean, the guy made a play and he's the former MVP. And, you know, I have to admit, part of me was like, hey, good for them. You know what I mean? They're jumping up and down and all that. Gritarol, which we're going to get into a little bit later, loses his mind and is so amped about it. And like I said, just unfortunate. It was the defining play of the game. And what's crazy is the Padres almost make that comeback in the bottom of the ninth, in the top of the ninth, I mean, uh, with, you know, just a bunch of, uh, of of things going their way with the Jay Cronenworth infield single. And Mitch Moreland gets that huge double, arguably the biggest hit he's had as a Padre, I would say. I know he had a home run. I'm just saying that in the postseason uh, moment, just a great pinch-hitting decision, obviously, by Jace Tingler worked out. And then Austin Noel flies out. And then here's when the craziness starts, you know what I mean? Uh, Trent Grisham singles, which allows Mitch Moreland to score. And then Joe Kelly comes in, which I have to admit, guys, I have to admit. First of all, I will say this. Kenley Jansen is just not as automatic as he used to be. He is just, even even some of his body language stuff, the body language doctor that some people might might uh, say that I am calling myself right now, uh, he just didn't, he doesn't look as locked in and zoned in as I feel like he usually does. And that's just kind of, you know, part of the course for this kind of uh, 
latter half of his career. He used to be invincible, and now he's just a good reliever. He's not extremely good. He's might not even you could argue might not even best reliever on that team, but he's certainly still got the stuff. But the Padres came after him, and they almost came after him earlier this year when they played him in that second series where I mentioned that they kind of you know made him work a lot. That Cronenworth at bat was insane. You know what I mean? Like he batted forever. It, it, it's it, you get the Fernando Tatis Jr. walk. And then you get the Manny Machado walk. That at-bat lasted forever, too. Both at-bats felt like they lasted forever. Uh, Joe Kelly was just not throwing well, you know what I'm saying? Every time he was trying to throw that singer, trying to throw something in the dirt, trying to throw, as my dad calls it, the sucker pitch, it was just bouncing in the dirt like 10 feet in front of the plate. It was ridiculous, you know what I mean? So Joe Kelly was not on. And one thing I will say is, I mean, you guys, long-time listeners of the podcast, know I hate Joe Kelly. He's probably the only player in all of baseball that I hate. I do not like the way that we lionized him for throwing at some somebody's skull I know it's the Astros and I know it's Correa but my thing is like I'm actually on Correa's side with this one I would be complaining too if someone in two consecutive batters was trying to hit us in the head and like I said miss me with that whole his control issues aren't great no 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 I don't care if his control is if he has some control issues bottom line is you're a major league baseball pitcher I imagine that in two consecutive batters that if you're trying if 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 uh, let me see how I could phrase this. If in, if two consecutive batters he throws specifically at their head, not just at their body or inside or anything like that, that's not a control thing, guys. The head is not as big as the rest of the body. It's not that hard to hit something that isn't the head if you're a major league pitcher, I imagine, since they're you know major league baseball pitchers. So anyway, I'm going a little bit too much, and I'm being a little bit unspecific and whatnot. I don't want to rant about it too much. So bottom line is that was the most tragic thing for me. It wasn't Cody Bellinger. It was the fact that Joe Kelly came in and was able to stop us. You know what I mean? You get that Eric Hosmer ground ball, which I tweeted at Ryland Styles. Shout out to him again, who tweeted like, you know, it would be the most Wizard of Haas thing ever if he hits a ground ball here. And what does he do? He hits a ground ball. Classic Eric Hosmer. You know, it's and it, it stinks because I don't want to rip on the guy too much. He had been a little bit better this year, lowering his. Or I should I mean I should even say lowering his ground ball percentage. You know, it still wasn't particularly super low, but it was definitely an improvement last year. Last year his ground ball percentage was 56.8, while this year it was 47, which is obviously a big improvement, a ginormous improvement. After the previous couple of years, it was always above um, 56%. So, you know, not great for him, as everyone knows about Mr. Eric Hosmer. But still, bottom line, actually, I forgot. I didn't even mention, by the way, I didn't even mention that Cody Bellinger hit a solo shot. And by the way, he hit it right when, it, like, I have not seen a home run happened so soon right after the the ads and the commercial break comes to an end like they had that little graphic i forgot what what company it was but literally right when the graphic went away it was like immediate 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 split second timing bellinger launched one so it, it was to the point where i didn't even see it you know i looked up and he hit home i was like what the heck because i'm not used to that happening usually they come back from the commercial break sooner so good job by you uh tbs on that one i guess or fs1 what channel was the game i last night i don't even remember but Guys, I mean, it's really disappointing, but in the back of my mind, I'm still like, hey, you know, it's not over yet. We had our backs against the wall last time, and we came through in that situation uh, against the Cardinals. Now, this is admittedly a lot harder, a lot better constructed of a team, so we'll have to see that plays out. But let's just look at it this way, guys. For all the people who are upset and might be get upset at me for not being super upset and not being raging, you know, I would have been more mad if we lost to the Cardinals. I'm being so honest about that. Um, You know, I might be getting mad. My thing is this. Look, guys, we didn't have Clevenger, and we didn't have Lamette. 
if you if you're worried about the Dodger fans in your life that are gonna get on to you, because trust me, as someone who you know went to high school and had friends who were jerks sometimes when it came to our sports arguments, I always had to come up with excuses and reasons and all this stuff. So if those people get on to you, just say, hey, congratulations. You know what I mean? Yeah, no no crap that the Padres were going to struggle when their top two aces get injured a week before the damn postseason starts. So just use that as a built-in excuse. And bottom line, the Dodgers are a hell of a ball club, and it was a great game. Exciting. My heart was pounding. I thought the game was over, but as always, you know, 3-6, to six, I don't care. This team can always make a comeback, and we saw that last night. So you know what? Let's try and get tonight's game going. Uh, Adrian Morejon is going to be starting, which is a little bit of a surprise, I guess, because Chris Paddock has been moved to the bullpen. I think a lot of people probably expected that he might get the start, but to Tingler has clearly adjusted, and he said, you know what, maybe they're going to do a double thing today. Maybe they're actually going to do Morejon and then Paddock afterwards, so we'll have to see how that goes. They have not used guys like Trevor Rosenthal in the bullpen because, you know, haven't had a save situation, so I imagine he will get some time tonight. We'll have to see how that plays out. The Dodgers have going for them. Dustin May, who has been... I mean, a borderline rookie of the year candidate. He's been awesome, and I feel like he's been really awesome against us specifically. He's been just fantastic. But you know what else has been super fantastic during these times? That's Postmates. That's right. I'm getting better and better at these transitions. I swear it. Now, let me talk to you guys about Postmates for a second. You know, last night, you know what I wanted in that ninth inning? And I imagine, you know what, Dodgers fans, we don't agree on a lot, and we hate each other. We got the rivalry going. I imagine they agree. You needed some stress food now, didn't you? Jeff Snyder, I'm looking at you, buddy. I know for a fact. Vince Sapiro, same thing, co-host. I guarantee you those guys were like, I need some some burritos. I need tacos. I need literally anything. Give me, give me a burger, anything to eat, anything to occupy my body, my senses during this time. Well, guess what, guys? You know what can help a lot with those type of situations? Postmates. Postmates is your personal food, delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from the restaurants, grocery, and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. How awesome is that? This sounds great. Check it out, man. Download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your deliveries in real time. Now here's the juicy old part. Almost as juicy as a a, a nice cheeseburger. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> why, why was I intentionally trying to make myself super hungry there? I don't know. Anyway, for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. Some pretty good numbers right there, right? To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code Locked On. That's code Locked On for one hundred dollars of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, guys, and now you know to move on. Keep it rolling with the podcast. We ain't done yet. Gonna try and talk about things that were at last night's game because it was kind of a tragic loss in a lot of ways. And right, that's not true. It wasn't a tragic loss. It was just kind of a heartbreaking loss. There, there is a difference. Let me be clear, everyone. The Javier Reyes vernacular, when I say tragic versus heartbreaking, there's a huge difference. Heartbreaking is a little more like, oh, dang, you just got me at the end. Oh, dang it. You know what I mean? And then tragic is like game one, where we just get completely wiped off the floor. A lot of mistakes are made. And in the case of, you know, even more of a tragic loss with Mike Clevenger going out of first inning, just, to, just for you guys to familiarize yourself with my vernacular, with the Javier Reyes encyclopedia, thesaurus, whatever the heck you want to call it. Now, let's talk about two uh, other storylines from yesterday that I need to discuss. One of them might not make you guys happy, and the other one will definitely make you guys happy, potentially at 
least. Let's talk about the one that won't make you happy, all right? That was last night, and I didn't even realize it until a post game because, you know me, like I said, a lot of times I'm not paying attention when we hit commercial break. You know what I mean? And honestly, I was just so devastated in this case. Uh, it was Bruce Dar Gatoro. I think that's how you say his last name, um, who basically has a super celebration. He throws his cap in the air, and he points at the air, and he's pointing at the sky and all these things after the Cody Bellinger catch. Like I said, it was the Cody Bellinger game. And then I saw in the postgame, mind you, because I didn't notice this in the moment, that's why I didn't tweet about it, um, that Manny Machado was just barking at him from the other end and just yelling and saying all this stuff. I imagine it's because was a little bit of an over-exaggeration that you kind of see from pitchers when they win the World Series. Yeah, sure. But here's what I got to say, guys. Here's what I got to say. Manny Machado's wrong here. It's actually kind of cringy how wrong he is here. This is the same guy. And look, if I'm going to praise him for that home run he had in the Cardinals series when he's saying, no, sir, when he's not barking back at the pitcher, but he's kind of like, you know, he's getting cocky and all that stuff, and he smacks one out of the park, and he gets the team pumped up. If I'm going to do that, you know, and if he's going to do the same thing, basically, after that solo shot that he had, you know, that just cut the lead back, by the way, only to 4-2, to two, unlike in the Cardinals series, at least that home run literally tied the game, so that's even more of an, an important moment, right? But last night's game, you cannot tell me that you're allowed to throw your bat and, and do your thing, you know what I mean, when you hit that, that home run, which was huge to get the momentum going forward. I loved it. Let the kids play, absolutely. And then you get upset because Gratorol is just, you know, having a moment. Now, I did see some critiques that were saying, well, it felt like he was celebrating himself for a guy who almost gave up the home run to Tatis, pretty much. It's not like he did anything. It was all on Bellinger. Well, I have some little semantics to get into, if you won't mind, guys. It's time for a deep dive into how human beings act. This special brought to you by Javier Reyes. It is sponsored by nobody but myself. Here we go, guys. So here's the thing. One Point number one, okay? According to Jeff Snyder, he said that Gratorol, he tends to do that a lot. He tends to do the point at the sky thing when things happen for him. Maybe it's a religious thing. Good for him. Point number two, you want to celebrate your teammate? Hey guys, I don't know if you know this, but Cody Bellinger, he was in the outfield. It's a little bit hard for him to just go and yell towards him and whatnot. And I'm imagining, you know, maybe he, you know, he can't wait for him to get over there and make it look so obvious that he's celebrating. And number three, have you guys ever had a moment like that? Have you guys ever had a moment when you almost blew a game to the player on the opposing team in the National League Division Series for Major League Baseball playoffs? And then your teammate saves your butt by making a tremendous catch? If that happened to me, I'd be losing my mind. Not even in like a, I think I would lose control of my body. So who knows how I would act. I would just, in the Joker voice, I just do things. You know, that's that's basically what would happen. So I don't want to hear on that perspective, right? So those are my three points on that. And I just don't think it's fair that this team, and, and I love them, and I don't want to hear people saying that the Padres should stop doing it. But what's happening here is you're giving cadence to people's opinions that Tatis and Manny and Grisham and that they're all annoying and they're bat flipping and all this stuff is terrible and that they they act like they've done this and that and oh you're you know have some you know be a little humble and all this stuff all you're doing is giving credence and reason to those type of opinions so I was really frustrated by that it was my first reaction and I was like you got to be kidding me right this is stupid you should absolutely hey and the way you know Gratural was doing the whole blowing him kisses thing if that really bothers you you got some masculinity issues to sort out and number two whenever people are talking stuff just do your smile back nobody's saying that you can't do your smile by me like hey you know what? hey we'll see we got you don't worry this game ain't over you can still do that you know what I'm saying but being upset essentially because 
the other team's player was having a celebration. That did he go a little bit over the line? I wouldn't call it that. I would call it just did he have a, almost a hyperbolic uh, celebration? Did he almost he lost his mind for a little bit? But shout out to Gratoro. I would be doing the same thing, like I said, guys. So I don't think that it's fair for us to legislate how people should feel in those type of moments. I think that's silly, and it's silly considering Manny Machado is the same guy that hit that home run, and it's not like he gave us the lead. You know what I'm saying? So I don't really want to hear it from that perspective. Everybody else who disagrees, everyone who thinks that I'm betraying Manny Machado right now, I'm sorry. I just got to say it. If my thing has always been against unwritten rules, it would just be totally against my my brand, totally against what I stand for to only critique uh, other teams for being upset with us but not critique our own team when you know we're being just hypocrites when it comes to that. You know what I mean? So can't really do that. Not cool at all. Um, so really, you know, just, uh, that was actually, I'd argue that I was more upset about that than the loss almost, at least because the loss was just, you know, just a good loss, not a good loss. There's no such thing necessarily as a good loss, but you know, it was just a good game. And for Machado to kind of have this moment that I feel like all the Dodgers fans will give them fuel, really upsetting and whatnot, but enough of the kind of negativity and whatnot, guys, let's talk about a positive type of thing, or at least a most likely positive thing yesterday. I don't know if you guys have been following us, you know, let's just be honest, guys, he's out there a whole lot. He's talking a whole lot. That is true. Trevor Bauer, he likes having his name in the news, right? And now some may perceive that as being, you know, just him trying to gain attention. Now some might see that as him just trying to market himself and better himself, you know, just like most athletes do. And other people find that some of the stuff that he does is this kind of self-aggrandizing affair, which I am a little bit, tiny bit of the latter, just a tiny bit. But for the most part, I think that it is good for baseball to have type of uh, characters like this, you know what I mean? Even if there are a little bit of some questionable things in his past, which we'll get to uh, at some point in another podcast, potentially, maybe. But let's just talk about it right yesterday he tweeted this year's Padres team is crazy imagine what that offense defense and attitude could look like next year with a stable of elite starting pitchers with the winking face emoji now and also Rachel Luba his agent who's uh, also another great filler follow uh, just said Padres fans fan base in my mentions right now and it was just like the gif of the the shoot your shot type of thing which is hilarious but let's just talk about it you know it, it, I don't think this qualifies and constitutes necessarily being called a trade rumor or a signing rumor whatever we'll have to see bottom is Trevor Bauer just putting his name out there. I will say this. Trevor Bauer is was absolutely phenomenal this year. Probably one of the front runners for the Cy Young in the NL this year. We'll have to see if he wins it or not. And I know some people will be upset, like I mentioned before. Got a little off-field issues. Got a little off-field controversies, you could say. Just look them up. He's got some things with some women that he's come after on Twitter that don't look great. A little stuff, but I don't want to get too far into them because they're not... I just don't want to get to them too much on this podcast. I want to talk strictly about his viability as a free agent starter. I will say this, guys. The Padres are expected to have maybe like 20 to $25 million to spend this year, uh, this offseason in free agency. And Trevor Bauer, based on his season, I'm not quite sure... If they could do that, we'll see though. If they are able to get him for a lot, 15 million next year, 15 million a year, whatever the contract is, maybe that would make sense, but it depends. And also, I want to throw out that, you know, there are some numbers that maybe say maybe he pitched a little bit over his head. I mean, guys, think about it. He was really, really excellent this year. You know, in a way, it's it's kind of funny because this was so far and away better than most of his seasons, especially when you take into account the totality of his career, where basically he was an average starting pitcher with decent upside in terms of strikeouts. But for the most part, you look at his years with the Cleveland Indians, start from 2013, 5.29, ERA 4.18, 4.55, 4.26, 4.19, basically all those years from 2013 to 2017. 
he was kind of just it wasn't quite there there was talent though and there were a lot of people saying this guy is really you know he's got it but will he ever put it together and then in 2018 he has kind of his first best season you know what I mean K per 9 of 11.3 which was excellent finished in the top like 6 of Cy Young voting and finished with a 2.21 ERA 221 strikeouts in total he was excellent that year and then in 2019 he ends up taking a little bit of a step back, kind of still there, but still, you know, a little bit of a step back. His ERA goes to 3.79, and then he gets traded to Cincinnati, where he kind of just has a really bad second half. And then that brings us to this year. So here's the thing. On one hand, could this guy be Garrett Cole? Could this guy be someone who was a pretty solid pitcher with good talent and, and, and potential upside who for years was just kind of remained there, and then it just snapped, it hit, you know, with, in the case of Garrett Cole, once he got signed by the Astros, then he became just invincible and insane, and then he had another year with the Astros. So that could be one hand, you know, kind of what's happening here. But still, I don't want to put too much weight necessarily in acquiring Trevor Bauer. I don't want everyone to freak out. Would it be great? Yes, especially since we don't know exactly what's going on with Mike Clevin. If Mike Clevenger, if it's announced that he's going to miss a significant portion of the season next year, then Trevor Bauer becomes a lot more viable, a lot more needed potentially. But do you want to spend that much money on him? Are there other areas you want to spend on the team? Maybe get some better outfielder, outfield depth, maybe get a little bit better of a DH potentially. Who knows? Uh, it all depends, really. But I just think really just overall, a lot of it depends on how Mike Clevenger is doing. Because if you look at the potential rotation for next year, it would be Mike Clevenger, Chris Paddock, Nelson Lamette, and Zach Davies. That isn't exactly a rotation that's just dying for a starting pitcher. Would it definitely take one? Yes, absolutely. But it's not dying for one, especially if people who always are giving me crap, if Chris Paddock is able to have a bounce back season next year, then that would be awesome, right? But if, say, if you're not feeling great about Chris Paddock's bounce back and you want him a little bit more uh, sure of a thing, or at least likely a sure thing in Trevor Bauer, then I can understand that. However, I also would like to point everybody to someone like Marcus Stroman, who's a free agent. He's 29. Did he have as dominant of a season? He has, a had, has he ever had any much as dominant of a season as Trevor Bauer did this year? No, 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 no. Definitely not. But maybe a buy low type of guy, and the Padres do like buying low on guys. I mean, look at it. Look how we got Trent Grisham. You know what I mean? So I would definitely recommend Padres fans look in the direction of someone like Marcus Stroman and not necessarily get their hopes up too much on Trevor Bauer. I'm sure I'm probably going to talk about this over the offseason when we get into winter meetings and all that stuff, but I just wanted to point it out there for everybody to temper your expectations a little bit and maybe not necessarily think that they have to go for the home one. It all depends on how, you know, AJ Preller feels and it depends on whether or not we think everything Trevor Bauer has done is totally legit. Is it likely legit? Maybe a little bit, but I have to admit some of his comments saying his, you know, spin rate, which jumped up by a whole lot this year, that he once said that, you know, if if the spin rate jumps up by that much, players are most likely using a foreign substance. Well, his jumped up by that much. So, you know, just throwing it out there, guys, I guess. Uh, but those are my thoughts on Trevor Bauer, I guess. That would be really exciting. It would be really interesting to see kind of how that transpires over the course of the offseason and whatnot. And just from a theatricality and entertainment perspective, I am enjoying him just being on Twitter being like, hey, Yankees, bring me in. You know what I mean? Stuff like that and trying to basically turn and this is not this is not a you know however you feel about Trevor Bauer and some of his off-field comments and things with interactions and all that bottom line this is not a stupid guy you know what I mean he knows what he's doing he's trying to get the fan bases riled up to make ownership feel pressured to spend the big money on him uh, so we'll see how that all transpires guys like I said amazing season for Trevor Bauer definitely Cy Young worthy uh, for sure and those are really all my thoughts a little bit longer of a podcast today because I had a lot to talk about I had rants I had projections, and then I just had the recap of the Cody Ballinger game. 
Looking forward to tonight's game against the Dodgers. This might be the last time uh, I do a game recap for the season. If that is the case, though, it's whatever, man. I had a lot of fun covering this team. Of course, I'm still doing a podcast afterward, guys. I'm just messing with you. But anyway, I've been talking too much. That about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Go follow the show or myself at LO underscore Padres and at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Or you can review the, the show on um, iTunes. Give it some five stars. That would be greatly appreciated for sure and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my fire faithful homies take care and don't give up